Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am so excited because I'm unmasking the illusion of normal. So how culture, trauma, and healing actually intersect. And we're going to really delve into this idea of what is normal and how can we investigate normal and look at it from a really different perspective. So imagine your daily cup of stress as a beverage. And many of us gulp it down thinking it's just part of a regular part of our day, part of our diet. But what if that daily dose isn't normal? and that we're led to believe that it is. So in his book, The Myth of Normal, Dr. Gabor Mate, he delves into this idea and he shows us that our acceptance of norms or our acceptance that particularly around stress is normal, that stress is normal, it's far from healthy. So he talks all about this idea of our body and our mind. They're two separate sides of a coin, but one cannot function without the other. So that's what society really allows us to do. It keeps pushing us apart from one side and the other and really telling us that maybe stress is normal. It's a normal part of life and that we should be just tolerating stress. But 
I want to delve in and I love this book for so many different reasons. It's almost like in today's society, we are looking at stress as almost like a badge of honor. I'm so busy. And it's like, a, it's like we're bragging almost about how much stress we have. And so in the book, The Myth of Normal, um, Gabor Mate, he really does create a captivating guide that challenges us to not accept the norms and to delve into the intricate play of culture, intricate play of trauma and challenges in our life, as well as healing. And so through the book, he really does unpack this deeply rooted misconception that what's considered normal in modern society is really not necessarily normal. And he unveils this connection between our mind and our body. And he highlights this consequence of societal pressures and it does affect our well-being and so this book is incredible this video this podcast we're going to talk all about this the key concepts that he puts in his book and that our life is filled with both minor and major emotional potholes and we need to look at them from a perspective of health and to look at it from a perspective of not just fixing the dens um, we, we need to look at the road. We need to look at like, how can we, you know, get rid of these potholes? How can we not necessarily get rid of them, but how can we manage them? How can we work with them? And so normal as we know it is far from ideal. And this normal amount of stress and all these potholes really create fragmented parts of ourself and they make us avoid and almost pretend that those potholes aren't there and that it's not normal to have potholes. But meanwhile, potholes, so to speak, are 100% part of our existence. It's part of life. Ups and downs, trauma, this is all part of our life. So as healing and navigating these challenges, right? Looking at these deep-seated wounds and really seeking out a true connection and that's really the guide to our genuine healing. So what he does is he challenges us to rethink the notion of normal. So Matei introduces us to this notion that our perception of normal is often far from healthy. So stress, trauma, and societal expectations have woven this distorted understanding of well-being. And he likens this distortion to almost like a smoke alarm in a house our health issues are not isolated to incidents, but these alarms are basically alerting us to deeper problems, um, to basically looking deeper instead of just like looking at the alarm and thinking that that alarm is normal. But meanwhile, well, let's actually dig in and let's look at some of these deeper problems and deep-seated trauma or deep-seated challenge. And so when we when we try to go about our day uh, all happy and go lucky, it really creates this fragmented concept of what is normal. So he does teach us to really look at normal in a whole not new way. Having huge amounts of stress, having trauma and 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 all of that is not the norm. It's like we need to look at it. Those are alarms that we need to look at and navigate, not just brush off as, oh, it's a normal part of life. 
And so, so he talks about in his book, this fractured self, he talks about authenticity and attachment. He prompts us to really explore this concept of authenticity versus attachment. He, he talks about the tension between striving for genuine self-expression while also seeking to connect with other others. So we, we maybe aren't authentically ourselves because we're trying to also seek attachment with other humans. We're trying to make other people happy. So this disconnection creates tension and we become a fractured self or we don't become a true version of the self that we really want to be. And so this conflict can lead to a fragmented sense of self where pieces are remaining hidden and where we're kind of not really showing up the way that we want to. So there's this balance between being authentically you. And also we have this desire to connect with others, this desire to have attachment with others. And so then we may not show up as ourselves. And this creates what he calls a fragmented self or a fractured self, which is really, it's like looking at a whole bunch of like a shattered mirror. So he does talk about this concept of healing. He suggests that we begin to embrace um, all these fragmented parts of ourselves and reassemble them in a really cohesive whole. So looking at things of where are you not showing up authentically and where are you seeking connection and attachment for others? And then we can look at our fractured self in a whole new light. Neat concept, right? He also talks about this um, domino effect of stress and this mind-body connection. So chronic stress, chronic activation of the stress response is basically this first domino, like chronic stress is like the first domino go and it sets a cascade of all these negative health consequences. So Matei draws on the parallel that between stress, right? It's like a stone that is causing this ripple effect in the pond. And it's like, it's basically causing more and more negative implications on our well-being. And so he illuminates this idea that we're chronically uh, stressed and that we're chronically emotionally, we might be suppressing triggers, we might be suppressing our authentic self. And this can lead to a series of harmful reactions in our bodies. Um, it can lead to all kinds of disorders. And so this chain reaction of stress has a domino effect. And this chain reaction extends all the way down into our DNA. And this emphasizes that huge connection between what's going on here in our mind and our world and how it has that effect on our body as well, that huge mind-body connection. He does also talk a lot about this society's toxic influence and how it's really about cultivating stress, right? This book critiques how societal backdrop against like, basically it's like stress is what's going to get the job done. Stress is like, you know, if we're busy, it's good. So these stressors or these, this perception that stress is a good thing and it's normal is is perpetuating this domino effect and so 
we there's so many things that are contributing to stress like there's discrimination there's poverty there's consumerism um there's all these things and pressure from our external world from society and our culture uh that n- is a huge nourishing ground for stress and it causes us to to languish and so he uh, mate really does analyze this underlying cultural demands the demands the pressure and basically that they sow the seeds to elevating huge amounts of stress level and this stress he says is not normal the amount of pressure that we're putting on society and culture portray that it's normal to have all this stress but chronic activation and how much we are exposed to stress and pressure are actually not normal and it has a myriad of health implications and issues that come along with it. So he also talks about the roots of childhood trauma. He talks about the impact that it has on our identity. He introduces this concept of the impact of childhood trauma on our adult life and that he likens trauma to like a scar that's edged deep in our psyche and that it shapes uh, how we perceive and respond to our world. And so those childhood experiences can actually mold our future. And he reveals that how societal failings in addressing, you know, ch- children's emotional needs, um, the, the failing of teaching people how to navigate emotions and sit with these emotions perpetuates this cycle of f- fractured identity and lasting trauma. And he makes that case that a lot of trauma is rooted from childhood or later in life, and it has an impact tremendously on our identity. And and he does uh, suggest that society is doing a really bad a bad job at addressing these emotional needs and teaching um, resilience. And so he talks about holistic healing. Basically, it's all about unveiling the journey. His book provides this roadmap to healing, which I love. And it's all about reconnecting oneself by piecing together the fragments that have happened throughout our life, by piecing together um, what is going on, looking at things that we have hidden, looking at things that we have suppressed pressed and or sweeped under the carpet. And uh, Mate really introduces this compassionate inquiry, uh, looking at looking inside ourselves and looking at from an introspective perspective so that we can illuminate some of these suppressed emotions and look at our needs. And just by asking some really probing questions can really help us embark on this journey of self-discovery so that we're not a fragmented self and so that we can be more authentic instead of just looking to make make everyone else happy. And then we can really foster personal growth and better manage our stress. So you know me, I love positive psychology. And this book really does link a lot to positive psychology. And it also draws on this link to addiction. And so I work with Recovery Today magazine. I also wrote the book, Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. So the overlap here is that with addiction, this book helps to really make a case that interconnection of the mind and body combined with societal pressures combined with stress and expectations and pressure can create a split self can create a fragmented 
being and 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 avoid that coping mechanism and our ability to really look honestly at our authentic self and manage stress and heal through this reconnection of all of these dynamics. And you can see how the fragmented self can lead to and contribute to addictive behavior, to numbing out, to all those things. So this book really does create this parallel and 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 really does create a case for why addiction might happen. And so he talks about this journey of empathy and he talks in his book about how we need to embrace all these elements of our fragmented self and look at stress as not normal and look at those alarm signs as not normal and to really look at them from a perspective of, okay, we need to investigate this and and embrace this, you know, concept of the myth of normal. It empowers us to reclaim our own unique dance, so to speak, right? So that we can dance our own dance, be our own choreographer. And so we're urged to really question whether we're swaying to the societal tunes or if we're dancing to our own authentic rhythm. And we want to really embrace our journey. We want to confront hidden scripts or limiting beliefs or things that we've maybe sweeped under the carpet and shed light on our true self and really redefine what that means for us, right? And so some of the actionable nuggets, you know me, I love actionable nuggets. And so some of the actionable nuggets that I pulled out from the myth of normal is it can help us really navigate the complexities of uh, modern life. It can help us navigate and cultivate more self-awareness and foster our well-being. And so some of the things that he suggested is this idea of embracing authenticity, right? Through the lens of self-reflection. So taking moments each day to reflect on your thoughts, reflect on your emotions and your actions. Like what is it that you're doing? And is it in line with authentically what you want to be doing? Or are you doing it for societal norms? Or are you doing it for other people? And consider instances where you may have suppressed your authentic self, right? To conform to society, to conform to expectations. And so really ask yourself, am I being true to who I am? Or am I wearing the mask to fit in? I love those two rhetorical questions. Identifying areas where you can express your genuine thoughts, where you can express your feelings that feel safe for you and practice authentically. And you might be gradual, but empowering you to bridge the gap between who you are and who you project to the world. And that helps us create a more integrated self. And then he talks also about this design stress relief rituals. So essential because remember we talked about that whole um, downward spiral of stress and the ripple effects it has on our physical body. So we want to craft a stress relief ritual that aligns with our personal preferences. So that could be deep breathing exercises, meditation, journaling, engaging in creative activities. So you want to dedicate a few minutes daily to rituals that help you counteract the effects of stress by prioritizing your well-being and creating a, a, a designated space that feels relaxing, that can actually help you counteract the pressures of daily life. 
So another thing you can do is initiate compassionate conversations, engage in compassionate inquiry with yourself, with others. And when discussing challenging topics, confront those past traumas, confront what's going on, approach the conversation with genuine curiosity and empathy and open-ended questions such as how did this experience shape your perspective or what emotions arise when reflecting on this memory by fostering this environment that feels safe and non-judgmental you can really create space for healing and growth so that's about it so I really hope that you got a lot out of this and that, you know, you can take that cue of, hmm, what is normal and really have that thought provoking journey that allows you to unveil the threads of culture, trauma and healing and can help you in many, many ways that kind of helps you go beneath the veneer of societal expectations and explore those hidden pathways to authenticity and well-being. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.